All right, what is up, folks? Welcome back to another episode of Lifting, Running, and Living with, as always, your favorite coaches, Kelly. Hello. And JK. Hey. All right. We are back, episode number 12. So, as usual, let's kick it off with updates. So, Kelly, you want to get us started on what you've been up to since uh, since our last episode? Since we last chatted. Did we... We didn't. Did we record on Halloween? No, that was last week. Uh, Halloween was on a Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, it was on a Tuesday. So no. Yeah, actually, did we, we did. record? No. No, we did. That, <laughs> that was a week ago. Oh we recorded boy. Recorded two Tuesdays ago. Oh gosh. Um, All right. <laughs> now that we have our timeline straight. <laughs> boy. Uh, so that weekend we went on the trick or treat train ride in georgetown colorado and it was snowing it was very pretty um but we were a little afraid that it was going to snow too much and that we would be stuck on the mountain roads but luckily yeah i see you're making a face so okay so going into the weekend originally we were going to be on the 3:50 p.m train georgetown's about an hour drive into the mountains and the weather report said that in Arvada, where I live, we were going to get like up to seven or eight inches of snow over the weekend, and that it was going to start on Saturday, which is the day we were going to Georgetown, and it was going to get progressively worse throughout the day. So we ended up moving our train ride up to the 1151 just to avoid the snow so that we wouldn't be stuck on snowy roads on the mountains. Fair enough. How was the? Uh, how was it? How was the ride? It was fun. It was cold. Uh, we were in the minority of people who actually dressed up for this ride. But... Oh yeah, you said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a trick or treat ride. So obviously, I'm wearing a Charizard onesie. Ty's wearing a dinosaur onesie. One of our friends, <laughs> he he was wearing like shorts and flip flops and a Hawaiian shirt, which was a very poor choice for. <laughs> That was that was dedicated. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then our other friend was just dressed up as like an old-time gentleman. Um, so he fit with the train. But yeah, actually the train employees asked our one friend in the flip-flops multiple times if he was okay. Because they were like, we legally need to make sure you're fine. Because <laughs> it was so cold. Wow. Nothing yeah. like having the employees like question your decision making. Multiple times. <laughs> you got to love that. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So that was fun, and then we did get six inches of snow that night, so woke up on Sunday to a very snowy landscape, which personally, I like snow um, in minimal doses. So like first snow, I love it, and I got to go run in the snow, and it was my first pain-free run because the snow was soft. Hey, so. insert clapping track in the background. Yay. Nice. Yeah, so the foot is slowly improving. I'm still run walking, but today I did three 10-minute um, bouts of running and then three minutes of walking in between. So I'm up to 30 minutes total, which is exciting, but it's still like frustrating that it's taking so long. Beyond that, well, so on Halloween, it was like Ty's favorite night ever because all the kids were stopping by, which is my least favorite night ever, which was great because he could answer the door and I could just sit there oh, in hiding. Okay. Yeah, he Does would get he, so excited. Uh... Did he dress up for passing out candy? Oh, 
too. Oh, yeah. We wore our onesies. Oh, okay. Yeah. I feel like the onesies are... Minimal listen, effort. I, I'm not going to say cheating. Dual purpose. Dual they are purpose. dual purpose. Yeah. Like they keep you warm, they're comfortable, and they represent a character. So that's nice. Yeah. It is nice. It's a good choice then, on your part. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I got to wear mine one more time because we had our group run on November 1st. So we made it Halloween themed and asked people to wear their costumes. So that was not uncomfortable at all? It was uncomfortable be because it oh. was no longer cold. Yeah, that's what I was kind of <laughs> that was that's what I was kind of thinking, but okay. Well, okay, cuz our group run starts at 6:15, which is like basically dark, and obviously from now on it will be dark. So I was like, it'll cool off by then, but no, it was still like upper 50s, which is too too warm to run in a onesie. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. what I learned. Okay. What else is going yeah. on? Um, I am on my, I think, final book of my uh, goal number of books to read this year. And what was that goal number? 25. Solid. Okay. Thank you. The psychological thrillers you can get through very quickly. How did you come up with, um, how'd you come up with the, the number of books you wanted to read? Um, I think last year I made it 22, so I just upped it a little bit. But not okay. too much. Was that 22 just based on 2022? I don't actually remember. Okay. Well, I'm, let's, let's just assume that maybe that, since it was 2022. Yeah, that would track. Unless it was like a Swifty sort of thing. Like that no. We've already, haven't we been over 22? this? I'm not a Swifty. I like Taylor Swift, but mm, I'm not a Swifty. Yeah, I was going to say, a, a few of your po a few of your stories. My one story about the song i like <laughs> yeah okay okay we gotta cover this she just re-released 1989 taylor's version and 1989 yeah, which is what i'd expect a swifty to know okay swifties know a lot more than me i only know this because 1989 is the only album i've listened to all the way through okay and that was back in like 2014 2015 a swifty would know what year it actually came out the original if you say so, I don't. I don't see why you're so like offended by being called a Swifty. I don't think there's I'm anything not wrong offended. with that. I just don't feel like I fit in with them. They're a or lot more dedicated. With them, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and our Swifties listenership are just another level. Half. Yeah, my my daughter and some of her friends are are in that that camp. So yeah, I can totally understand. They're like right, diehard well, for Taylor. All right, so we'll just assume that the 22 last year was based on that. You yeah. Know, it wasn't like 21 Savage plus one. You know, that's fine. <laughs> All right, so 25 books. So what's the um, what's the last one that you're on? Uh, it's called A Flicker in the Dark. And it's another psycho thriller? Yeah. Gotcha. Interesting. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> hey, I it told you. It is fantastic. I'm keeping it short here. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. That just reminded me, I have two books that pick up the library too, and I've forgotten about them. Oh, so you're going to go over 25 then? I mean, if, I'm not just going to stop reading Yeah. once I hit right. 25. Hey, that's fair. Yeah. Well, in my one of my journals, my habit tracker, reading every day is part of my habits. So I can't stop. Is it, um, is it a certain amount? Of pages, certain number of minutes, or 
you just you keep it simple like just reading every day yeah it used to be 10 minutes and then it used to be before bed okay which i it's usually when i read if i read earlier in the day i wanted the option not to read at bed that's fair i think it's a great habit to to have reading yeah i feel like as a kid i read so much and then i turned into an adult and i stopped reading (laughs) same same exactly yeah yeah so now with the habit that's it makes me read more all right any uh anything else happening in your Um, neck of the woods i'm almost done with girls on the run yeah you know i don't know if um let's not make the assumption that everybody even knows what girls on the run is Is. do you want to that's fair you want to kind of share what that's all about Yeah, so Girls on the Run is like an after-school program for girls, and it culminates in a 5K that they run, a 5K race that is also open to the public. So it's like a legit race. Ours is a week from today, actually. And yeah, it's all about – it's not really about running. We mostly – we are supposed to be teaching them lessons every practice about like compassion and being a good friend and helping others and – voicing your emotions in an effective way and stuff like that. So very valuable things. It is also very challenging. Yeah. How'd you, how did you get involved with that? I think, I don't remember how I heard about it. I think I've known about it for a while. And then last year I was looking at schools that needed coaches because we're all just volunteers. Yeah. Um, And then I found one kind of close to me. And then I asked my boss, because I was still working in corporate last year, if I could not work for like two hours on a Monday and Thursday afternoon. He was like, yeah, that's fine. So Yeah, a little volunteer work. Yeah. What, would you, um, what would you say is the most challenging part of, part of that? Uh, dealing with children. <laughs> <laughs> so the girls... Our girls are third grade through sixth grade. Normally, it's third through fifth. Okay. And I mean, third through fifth, I think, is hard enough on its own. And then you add sixth graders, and then it's like kind of a tougher dynamic. But like after school, they don't want to listen to us after being in school all day. So it's challenging getting them to like. Totally checked out at that point. Yeah. And we're supposed to half teach them and then half get them running and they just want to do the running and just like, or just run around and talk to their friends. And we're like, can you please listen? <laughs> You're yeah, here can, until 4.30. I can only imagine as a, a kid like that age, like you've, you've been getting taught all day. Mm-hmm. So at that point, yeah, you just want to like, just want to let loose, have some fun. Makes sense. Yeah. Though. Yeah. We had a practice 5k last Wednesday and, some of them hated it. Some of them loved it. But they were so excited. That was like all we did that day because it took so long. Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. Um, how do you, yeah. do you know how, how the girls like get involved in it or anything? Is it just like your standard? There's some announcement at school or, or do they all go to the same school? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I know I've got a friend here who's involved with with that particular event, I guess it would mm. be. The Girls on the yeah. Run event, and I know she's posted about it before, but I had not taken the time to really actually ask like more details or anything like that. From afar, it seems like a, a great cause and a yeah a fantastic initiative to have. I'd be interested in, I don't know, maybe put that on my list of random things just to learn a little bit more about 
it's one of those things like I know about it on the peripheral, but don't know any of the details, why it started, what the inspiration was, anything like that at all. Yeah, I don't really know how it started either, but it is nationwide, Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're in different states. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so... I was going to ask you from a, so from a training standpoint, where would you say, so percentage of kind of being, where do you think you are right now percentage wise, as far as being healed and in your groove? Not very oh, far. Okay. <laughs> and this was, this past week has been the best week. I'm doing every other day of run walk, but I've only okay. done like. It's less than 10 miles total that I've done this week, which is my usual was like between 30 and 40. So, you know, 25% of where I was, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, and you said though, not experiencing, not experiencing major pain or anything post, post run. Not on the snow run. Okay. It's kind of, for the most part, it doesn't hurt. Today, it, like, started to increase towards the end. But that's kind of to be expected when increasing time running, I think. That's fair. How's the... Yeah. Uh, how's the lifting lifting going for you? Well... The strength training. It was <laughs> <Man>. going great. <laughs> uh-huh. I just... I can tell by the tone of the breath um, there. Okay. So, I was in a groove. My schedule was... Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. And I like then, how you just flexed on me like you can name your schedule quickly. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, so on Mondays, I have, but on alternating Tuesdays with a with a E in them. Yeah, okay. I'm so three days a week. Yeah. Um, and then this week, so this is the gym Ty used to work at. And he comes home on, it was either Tuesday or Wednesday. And he was mm -hmm. like, this gym, it's closed <laughs> Wednesday through Saturday. And I was like, what? They didn't tell the members that. Uh, so then, long story short, I got an email Wednesday night from the gym saying that they were going to be closed <laughs> until Sunday. They have oh. three gym locations, so it was only this location, but it's the one I go to. Gotcha. So I was like, well, that kind of screws up my lifting schedule for this week. Oh, so you, what did you do? I just didn't lift on Thursday. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you but, took inspiration from our home gym essentials conversation. You know, I thought about it. I've really oh. thought about it. <laughs> well, that's good. Put it in the thought about it category. <laughs> waited Honestly, until probably... that thought passed. <laughs> yeah, I did not execute on that thought. That sounds uh, like it, yeah. Yeah. I think I took a rest day instead, actually, because I hadn't had one yet in the week. So. Oh, that's understandable. Okay. Yeah. But other than that, it's going it's going fairly well. Well, hey, is um, it's not getting it's not regressing, right? It's not getting no. worse. Okay. No, it's just like not as exciting to me. Yeah. As running. Yeah, and we'll um, I know we mentioned we'll we'll touch on that a little bit, like these this potentially these next few months or so, mm -hmm. potentially being the the non excitement kind of grind time and not yeah. grind because it's like super glamorous and you know this is the no. tough like biggest challenge it's more like the boring 
not a whole lot happened. Well, so so I don't think lifting's boring. I think the fact that I can't do the running as I want to do the running, it's just my entire perspective of my life. It has a little bit of gloom on it, you know? Okay. All right. (laughs) All right, folks. And that concludes today's uplifting (laughs) segment to open things up for you today. We hope you feel fantastic. All right. Um, okay. Well, any um, any other stuff update wise that you wanted to throw out there before I? Um, I saw a ski movie Friday night called Advice for Girls, which hmm. was really cool. It was an all women ski movie, and even the production team was all women, which is very okay. rare. And it's called Advice for Girls. Yeah. Okay. And what's um? Was it like out at the movies, or is like a streaming platform? It was at out at the movies. Oh. I Fancy. went into Boulder. I know. I stayed up till like 10 p.m. that night. Oh, snap. Dang. Okay. It was an event. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So you'd re- you would recommend? I would recommend. If you don't cool. like skiing, you probably won't like it, but <laughs> it was really, really cool seeing all women highlighted. All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Advice for girls on yeah. the recommendation of Kelly. <laughs> cool. I think that's it. All right. Uh, let's see here. I jotted down a, a, a jotted down like three things just to throw out there for updates. So, um, first from a training standpoint, going into week five now of my current training program, excuse me, program. I'm not sure where I just added an L in there. <laughs> program. So yeah, um, making the next progress progression in my training block. <laughs> For reference here, people were recording on a Sunday night and it's basically about an hour before my bedtime. So yeah. Um, anyways, yeah. Um, so making the next progression in my training program. So what that means for me is keeping most of my main movements the same. So like the deadlift variation that I use, the squat variation that I use, the leg press variation that I use. Um, and I do do some overhead, or some upper body movements too. I realize I just named all the lower body. Uh, but all my most of my primary movements will stay the same, um, save for maybe switching. For example, like um, I've been using the barbell for the RDL, and I'm switching mm-hmm. over to the trap bar for that. So save for a couple of equipment differences, that stuff will stay exactly the same. And then I tend to try and manipulate some of the accessory movements a little bit more as I go through different training blocks. So that's what I've got coming up. I've also committed to making a, a more um, intentional effort on talking about that on um, on my Instagram page. So I've put up a couple of posts just talking about, hey, you know, like these are favorite movements from this particular cycle. And then just put a post up not that long ago referring to like, hey, here's what the progression looks like. And you'll notice it looks very similar to like two posts ago sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So just trying to trying to utilize um, that both from a standpoint of, I guess, maybe even calling it education for others on what progression can look like. And then also transparently, like using using social media for a little bit of accountability, just to, mm. to have kind of like my own journal. And also if it's something that might be able to help somebody else out along the way, then think cool. So that's that's what's going on from a training perspective, kind of that's front of mind. I am still in this fat loss phase and we are 
pulling the train into the station, speaking of train rides. So that should be wrapping up around the end of this month. So uh, the way that I, I track my progress is I, I do like measurements. Uh, pretty much every Sunday I'll do measurements and photos um, way pretty regularly uh, because it's just not something that's, that's a, like a mental hang up for me at all. And then also just taking a look at how things are looking at from a biofeedback standpoint. I do look at my sleep data, um, including sleep quality, and then track my habits. So different things like how much am I focusing on gratitude? How much am I um, taking care of just different little behaviors and things like that? So I will say overall, I'm pretty pleased with where things are at this point. Definitely can feel like I'm, I'm not over it, over it. I'm also not like, man, I feel like I could do this forever. Like it just, you know, I'm starting to, especially as I switch this training block, I'm definitely starting to, to feel the itch to like push as many movements to like a, you know, a one RIR as possible. Excuse me. And then having to remind myself like today I was doing like this chest press movement and I had to remind myself as I was going back and looking at what I was doing this week compared to what I did last week. And I was like, man, like what, why did that progression not move the way that I thought it would? And I was like, hello, genius, you're in a deficit right now. And these things, this is sometimes what's going to happen if you're in a deficit and you're natural too, like not utilizing mm -hmm. any sort of substances or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I just got that little reminder for myself as I'm going through this training block. So that's, what's going on training wise. And then just the phase that I'm in with this fat loss phase, still moving along pretty well there. And then, um, oh yeah, I just finished a, a book, uh, that I would recommend. So the book is called get out of my head. Uh, creating Modern Clarity with Stoic Wisdom. And the author is M. Andrew McConnell. So I'm a big fan of Stoicism. So a lot of the stuff that Ryan Holiday puts out, and then I've recently started um, here and there, I go through Marcus Aurelius meditations every now and then I'll just pick it up and like read a snippet. So I'm big into like the Stoic philosophy type stuff. So this book called Get Out of My Head was a really solid read. Um, that I would recommend for entrepreneurs, business owners, business leaders, I'd say coaches, especially if you are supervising others or have a team, or if you are just generally like generally into like the leadership type stuff, um, because this guy's like a serial entrepreneur has bought and sold or started and then sold multiple companies. Uh, and a lot of the examples that he uses in how he utilizes like stoicism in how he uh, developed himself as a leader in his business and things like that. There's just a lot of business references that are in there. So I think it's, I think anybody can get anything out of it, but I would most recommend it for people who do have really kind of like that mind for business and organizational leadership and all that stuff. So it was, um, yeah, it was pretty solid. One quote that it that it had in there was from Angela Davis, and I'm going to go back and like reread this particular spot, but it was this quote that she had that was something along the lines that really stuck out to me. It was something along the lines of like, I, I'm learning, it's something like I'm learning to 
instead of trying to change, accept the things that I can't change, I'm trying to change the things that I will no longer accept or something like that. Like oh. I'll have to look. Yeah, I just totally massacred that quote. But the the quote itself, I thought was just, it was just super powerful because um, I thought of that, you know, that serenity prayer, like grant me the whatever to mm, yeah. accept the things I cannot change and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Or I shouldn't say blah, 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 because that is actually, a, I think, a, a good a good statement. Yeah. It's just the spin that she had on it, I thought was pretty powerful. So that's what I was thinking about when you were talking about reading and different things like that. That's my most recent read. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what I've got going on there. Oh, and then the new book, <laughs> the new book that I'm reading uh-huh. uh, is called Narco Economics, How to Run okay. a Drug Cartel. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, so in this particular book, the guy, I don't have it in front of me, so I can't remember where I heard about it from, but basically this guy does an entire like deep dive, investigative deep dive into drug cartels and Mm -hmm. basically talks about how they are run as well as or better than Fortune 100 companies and talks about like how intricate and how well organized these drug cartels actually are. So it's basically like a business development book utilizing drug cartels as the example. That's cool. Yeah, it's I I was fascinated when I heard about it. So I was, you know, I just did the whole like hop on Amazon thing and it was here in a few days and I just promised myself I wouldn't start it until I finished this other one. So I just finished this other one yesterday. So I'm just a few days in. Oh, and the, and the Angela Davis quote, I had to look it up. Um, I am no longer accepting the things I cannot change. I am changing the things I cannot accept. Love that mm. quote. Yeah, I like that. So yeah, so those are, that's my my rundown, my list of list of updates. Okay. So I should have asked you this a long time ago. Uh-oh. And by a long time ago, I mean like from the first recording we did. What exactly is what Stoicism? What was that back in 1998? Yeah, 1998 when I was eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned Stoicism so much, but I have no idea what it is. <laughs> yeah, well, the so in in my... In my very, very, very simple mind, Stoicism is the study of these Greek philosophers who really believed in things like, and Ryan Holiday does a great job of like identifying like these, it's these certain virtues, but Mm. generally the way that I explain it is it is all about the philosophy of understanding that you primarily focus on the things that you can control, which is to Mm. me, your thoughts, your actions, your behaviors, and your emotions, accept the things that you cannot and continue to move forward. Okay. Like that is in a nutshell, that's like the general, general explanation that I could give. And then as, you know, as certain situations come up, I think, then it's easier to stay like, so for example, let let me give you an example. I was um, in a mentoring conversation with a newer coach that, um, that I'm partnered up with. And we were talking about handling a particular situation. And she's like, well, where'd you learn how to do it like that? I was like, uh, 
I don't know that I necessarily like sat down and like learned how to do it. I think it's something Mm -hmm. that's been developed through studying these particular things and then making reference to stoicism. Like we were having a conversation actually about boundaries and it was, yeah, it was this whole thing about like my, my strong belief is that where boundaries, where boundaries can be difficult for people is because they're trying to control someone else's behavior as mm-hmm. opposed to your boundaries are for you. They're not f- to control the behavior of other people. So you end up, when you focus so much on the behavior of other people with boundaries, you basically are like, it's like if you have a house, you're painting the outside of the fence and you're putting up all these signs and that's just putting energy into all the people to tell them not to trespass versus what are you doing like inside of that fence? Like what sort of home are you building? What sort of life are you building? And that's, I pulled that, some of that has roots in stoicism. Like I can't control what other people do. I can control how I react when they decide that they want to, you know, disrespect whatever boundary I've spoken about, you know, like that sort of thing. So Hmm. yeah, that's my explanation of stoicism. Yeah. Cool. I like it. I I dig it. I dig it quite a bit. It seems helpful. Yeah, I've, I've found it to be. I would definitely say that it is, it's something that when, when I'm talking to people about those sorts of principles and philosophies, they will routinely say like, that sounds like, man, that sounds great or, you know, all this other stuff. And then when we're in a situation where you actually have to, you're, you're actually making a decision that's based on those principles they're not necessarily the biggest fan. Do you have yeah. an example? Uh, yeah. Somebody came to me with like talking about a particular situation, something that was really bothering them. And um, it was something their partner had done. So they were really upset about something that their partner said. And they were talking to me about it. I listened. And then afterwards, it's like, you know, one of the things, and it, for context, like the 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 connection that we have is that when we are talking to each other about something, it's because we are looking for advice or feedback. Like we're looking Mm -hmm. for something. We're not, it's not just like a, you have to ask for permission. Like that door is open on both ways. So something that I had responded with is, you know, you, you pretty routinely use the language of, you know, so-and-so said this, so I had to, and you inserted like your reaction there. And I was like, pretty much everything that you've talked about is, you making decisions based on feelings. And then when you're making decisions based on feelings, they're not really decisions. You're just reacting. And mm-hmm. so at no point, like, did it seem like you ever stopped and paused and took a second to kind of think about like, what, what do you want your response to be versus your reaction? Like this whole thing just sounds super reactionary and PS, you still haven't spoken to them about mm-hmm. what you've got going on. And you know, that's when it was kind of like, well, you know, a couple of excuses here and there. And I was like, listen, I get it. Been there, done that. Sometimes occasionally do the same thing. And also, if we are talking about really these principles of control what you can control, which is your thoughts, emotion, emotions, actions, and behaviors, then what are you doing? Because mm-hmm. right now it seems like everything that you're doing is based on, it's like basically you're just going whichever way the wind blows. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where it's like, in theory, 
sounds really cool, right? In theory. <laughs> and then when you're in the situation, you're like, yeah, I really don't need to deal with your stoic BS right now. It's like, whoa. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's um, that's that's a little bit of my my obsession with stoicism. How I long really have like you it. been obsessed with it? Let's say, let's say, I, I believe I picked it up around 2019-ish. Oh, that's fairly recently. Yeah, it's fairly recent. However, I can see the links to um, some of the things that I was brought up with, like some of the religious beliefs that I can I was brought up with, some of the character mm-hmm. development, especially the character development stuff that like my dad preached um, and still does. And the character development stuff that my grandfather worked on long before, like, it was called character development, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think for me, it's something that I'm attracted to because it it links back to stuff that I've heard about and seen and read about for the longest time. I think this just kind of brings it all kind of together under a nice organized umbrella. So. Hmm. Yeah. I'm How'd you find a, it? I'm a fan. How did I find it? I mean, Ryan Holiday was definitely the first introduction to it. I think somehow, I know in 2020, I read Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. So I read mm-hmm. that book in 2020. And I think just by nature of then starting to get into the, some of the content from Jocko Willink, because he was a former Navy SEAL. Um, had this really like famous Ted talk about like ownership and, you know, how he led his team in the military. So just by, you know, consuming some of that content, the algorithm then like points you to, yeah, yeah, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. The the algorithm then points (laughs) to stuff like that and you eventually get to like the daily stoic. And then when you get into the daily stoic, then like the floodgates have now opened, you know? Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. There's, I think, um, like Ryan Holiday, some of his content, it runs in the same circles. And he's even had these guys on his podcast, like James Clear, Atomic Habits, mm, um, yeah. Mark Manson, The sub- Subtle Art of Not Giving a F, like that that whole genre. He actually just mm-hmm. had Adam Grant on there, too. Why do I know that Remember? name? Um, he's got a book, Think Again. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Or maybe Rethinking. Um, I think Think Again is the title. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm it's got Gladwell. Like a match on it? I know Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Audiobook wise, I'm listening to Adam Grant's newest book on audiobook. Oh. Do you consider when you listen to an audiobook, do you include that as I read this book? I don't listen to audiobooks. Okay. So that point is okay. So if I were to say I'm I'm reading I'm currently reading Adam Grant's latest book. Yeah. Do I need to clarify that it's um, an audiobook for it to count in your eyes? I don't think so. I mean, either way, you're like consuming the words the author wrote. Okay. It's just not my chosen form of consumption. Yeah, there's, I don't know what it is. There, there are certain authors. People are snobby. Like, is wait, that where you're you going? <laughs> wait, what? I, I should have let you finish your thought. <laughs> No, go for it. What it, whatever you thought my thought was. What did you think my thought? I thought was your be? thought was going to be 
questioning why people don't consider that reading. Oh, no, I um my assumption, my assumption is because it's not reading. You're not reading, you're listening. Well, I think they're just kind of snobby. Okay. I I I feel like this is coming from a, an experience that you had. No, I don't listen to audiobooks. Okay. So. I don't know. Like one of your friends maybe got teased one time for listening I to an audiobook? I think Joy has gotten teased. Okay. I was She's like, there's got to be a connection Joy here somewhere. Has she? Okay. I was I like, think... there's a connection here somewhere. Your reaction was way too like direct <laughs> for this well, to just be random. Well, I think it's like one of those things like why do you care if someone is listening or actually reading when like reading is a good thing. You know, yeah, I um, I would generally tend to agree. I, Mace, Mason and I had this conversation. Um, for those of you who might be newer to our podcast, Mace is my eleven-year-old son who is in sixth grade now. Yeah, he's in six. So when he was in um, elementary school, either fourth or fifth grade, might have been both. Uh, one of the teachers had assigned it was like a certain number of minutes of reading that mm. they did each week or each day at the four or five days out of the week. And they had the option though of reading X number of pages or listening to X mm. number of minutes of audiobooks, something like that. Like don't yeah. totally quote me on that. Uh, but I remember they had both options because there was one of the days that he had pulled out, um, they get like Chromebooks. So he was, had like pulled out his Chromebook on the couch and he had like put his headphones and he was listening to something or he was watching it on YouTube or something like the hmm. audiobook on YouTube. And I was asking him like, did she say, I was like, Hey man, like she said, read. And he's like, Oh no, you can do either one. And I was like, I'm going to need to see proof of that because I think that's yeah. fair. Yeah. I just, I'm going to be honest. I was a little bit skeptical because I mean, he's, he is my child, so he's related yeah. to me and that's totally something that I would have done. <laughs> Where it's like, well, you didn't specify that I had to read. You just said, like, get through 10 pages. Mm -hmm. So I would totally do something like that. But, yeah, I thought that was interesting that the teacher was like, you can do either one. So I don't I don't look at it any differently. And my bias on that is that um, and what I was going to say is there's particular authors, and Adam Grant is a great example. I really, really, really enjoy him audibly, if mm -hmm. that's the word. I, yeah. I, it is very difficult for me to stay focused when I'm reading his material, the same exact material when he's speaking it, it hits, it connects. I'm engaged throughout when mm. it's written. I just, I struggle so hard, struggle so hard to stay connected to it. And I don't, I'm not sure why there's such a difference when it's the same exact content. And it's not like his voice is. It, his voice is not the thing for me either. I'm not saying I dislike it. I'm just saying like it's not because, yeah. you know, I'm like, man, that Adam Grant, that voice, ooh, it sends me. Like, <laughs> no, it's not my thing either. I don't know what it is. Is it the way he like says words, his intonations? I have no maybe idea. Maybe he just speaks in an engaging manner. Maybe. Maybe maybe it's like his tone and his inflection, like yeah. without me without me knowing it, maybe that makes such the the difference. Or maybe I, um, I remember even thinking to myself, like, you know, when you read, you're 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 connecting a voice to the words. Yeah. Whether it's what you think your voice sounds like as you're reading mm -hmm. it, or something like that, 
Mm-hmm. So I even, I think one time or with one of his books, I even purposely tried to like read the the words on the page in my head. In his voice? In his voice. And it still, it just still didn't do it. Because he has a very distinct, like, um, I guess accent is the way to put it. But hmm. he's got a very specific, like, way that he speaks. And I just, I don't know, I just couldn't get with it. So audible it is and that's fantastic yeah all right well that was definitely my updates plus more (laughs) per the usual so um, anything else you want to no thanks i should cover on my updates no i think Um, those are pretty yeah no i do have a question why did you move to a trap bar for your rdls Uh, wanted i i just wanted a different a different stimulus Uh, yeah i wanted a different stimulus i wanted to this is gonna sound well, to me, it sounds crazy because I don't think I hardly ever say this. I wanted a little less gluten ham oh. on the movement, um, but I wanted to keep the RDL and the trap bar with the way that it's loaded with the the majority of the grip being on the side because obviously with the trap bar, you're not holding it in the front. Yeah. So with the way that the the weight is loaded... Um, it's going to catch a little bit more quad, not a lot, but it'll catch a little bit more quad. So yeah, I just wanted to load it a little bit differently. I suppose I could have grabbed dumbbells and held those, held those to my sides, but I was like, I didn't, I didn't really want to do it that way. And I have a trap bar here at home. So if I needed to make an adjustment and train here at home for any reason, then Mm -hmm. I could also do my, do my program at home. So yeah. That was, that was really like the main, the main thing. I knew I wanted to change something just to not have as much ham and glute, which again, that is not, (laughs) usually I'm like glutes and hammies all day, but yeah, just a little less, a little bit less. Yeah. Cool. That's a good question. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Um, Well, what do you want to do? Do you want to go, you want to just go right into the topic? Cause we might, might as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, should I intro this one or? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you I said should. you were going to give me context. Oh, on yes. Why we're talking yeah. about this today. <laughs> yeah. So I, I asked you about talking about training mistakes that we have made in the past as athletes, or maybe we might still currently be making right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And I wanted to specify as athletes versus um, versus as coaches, like mistakes that um, we've made in programs that we've designed or maybe something that we've done with a client that now in hindsight, like going back, we would do differently. That that I think that's definitely something for a future episode could mm-hmm. be one. So with this one, I specifically wanted us to kind of put on our you know, we, we are us like Kelly, the athlete, JK, the, you know, want to be athlete, whatever. Um, what do you mean want to be athlete? I'm just, I'm just being self-deprecating, you know, that's all. No, we're all athletes here. There we go. Um, <laughs> what brought it to mind was Facebook memories. Oh, So yeah, Facebook memories came up and it reminded me of a post from I'm not going to be able to find it now most likely because I thought I had screenshot it 
but it was a post from uh let's say 2010 or 2011 which was the first day that i had gone to the gym on purpose oh so for those who haven't heard my backstory a quick uh, the really the first time that i purposely went into a gym to start working on my fitness journey was after my wife had been given some free passes to a chain of local gyms. She um, managed a bank in the St. Louis, Missouri area at the time, and she was managing the account for this group of gyms. And so they gave her free passes like, hey, you know, if you know anybody that wants to come in. And so she brought them home. And still to this day, I'm not sure what she was trying to tell me, but she was like, hey, this is something, you know, you should check out. I don't even know. I don't know if she said we. She just said you. (laughs) She'd go check out. And I was like, eh, yeah, you know, okay, might as well give it a shot. So the the funny thing is the Facebook thing was a check-in on Foursquare. You remember Foursquare? Mm-hmm. Did you ever use Yeah. Not so much. A, I remember it though. Yeah. So it was a check-in on Foursquare where I just put trying something new. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And so it had that little nostalgic moment of, oh, man. There was a time, yeah, where I was like completely brand spanking new to this. So that's what kind yeah. of sparked the the um, the thought of what are let's just have some conversation, and this will be our main topic here. So, what are some some things that you have done before, training wise, that you would say are mistakes that you've made, perspectives that have changed, you would never do again, <laughs> or maybe you would do differently. <laughs> you know, the whole heading. So mistakes we've made as as athletes. Boom, there's the title. Clip that. Excellent. All right. Uh, so uh, yeah, why don't you why don't you start off? Uh so one of my very first mistakes in my running career, I decided I wanted to run a half marathon and that's how I got into like long distance racing. And I oh, hadn't I been you were running. Say that was your mistake. No. <laughs> That's not my mistake. But That's one of the greatest decisions of my life. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, but I wasn't running consistently before that, and then I found a static plan online and just dove right into it without <laughs> uh, realizing that I was not at the starting point that this plan assumed I was at, and then uh-huh. I got injured and couldn't run for a month. So oh, that was snap. My... Yeah, I don't really know. It was a foot injury too, funny enough. I don't know what it was, but maybe the same thing I have now, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah. So you, you would say, so mistake that you made was just grabbing a program online and with no assessment of whether it was for your level or not. Yeah. Oh, to be fair, I, well, actually, no, I cannot say with certainty. So it was a Hal Higdon half marathon plan. It's so hard to like revision like go back and remember the thought process right yeah well i want to say i chose his half marathon training for beginners but knowing myself i probably did half marathon training for intermediates (laughs) because i had run before like it wasn't like i had just started running i just wasn't running consistently but like Mm. the intermediate plan like i said i can't confirm which one i actually chose but the intermediate plan starts Higher. Knowing you now, I can heavily assume that you did not pick the one that said for beginners. I can heavily assume as well. <laughs> yeah, this is this is not a <laughs> shot. This is not a newsflash for me right now that you maybe picked the intermediate one. Yeah. So what it was it that? Like, 
What was it that attracted you to that particular program? Oh, it's a very popular program for road races. Yeah, so probably I've I've heard about it before, actually. Yeah, it's really common for half marathons and marathons, and he has like there's usually one or two options for a beginner, intermediate, advanced. So they're like mm-hmm. there's a lot of generic plans, and I mean they're great for what they do. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So in um, in hindsight, what would you do differently now? I would think a little bit more about what I was actually doing and what this was asking me to do the next week. <laughs> and like making okay. sure where I was matched the starting point of the plan. And obviously okay. it did not match. So I would have built in a little base period to get up to the starting point. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And, and potentially I'm, I'm asking that as a follow-up question because I want this to be helpful for, for others too. Yeah. So I think... I think that's that's something hopefully that we can throw in there too. It's like, hey, here's the mistake that we've made and here's what we would potentially do different with trying to keep primarily mostly the athlete hat on mm-hmm. here. Which is hard. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, yeah. I can I can say that uh, yeah, I can say that one of mine would be relatable there. So from a training program standpoint you know, you mentioned like you grabbed a program and not necessarily having a proper assessment of what level you were at compared to the program that you were doing. So like beginner versus intermediate and, and whatnot, that's definitely, definitely relatable for me. I would say that, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is a mistake that I made was I was program hopping all over mm-hmm. the place, all over the place. So I would I would do like the upper body day from this men's this men's fitness magazine I can't remember which one it was but it was this men's fitness magazine had this program called the t-shirt body program Oh yeah so it was like very upper body focused yeah. so I would do like the upper a couple a couple of upper body days from like this t-shirt body program and then I would do this lower body day from a completely different magazine and a completely different program. So mm-hmm. I would just grab all these different pieces. So I don't even know if that would necessarily be considered program hopping. It would be like piecing together bits and pieces of programs and not actually doing something that was cohesive. Mm-hmm. And if memory serves me, yeah, if memory serves me correctly, I think the upper body programs that I would do were primarily um, ones that were in like fitness geared magazines. And then the Mm -hmm. lower body programs would be from like bodybuilding magazines. Oh. Like so, yeah. So picture like Muscular Development Magazine, which was at the the time, I'm not even sure if that magazine's still around, but that would fit picture mostly guys who were like professional level bodybuilders like roided up from like the toes up that sort of a thing Mm -hmm. and like massive quads so i'd pick like a leg day from that and then i'd just pick like you know upper body buys and tries from some other from some other um magazine so piecing different things together so i was basically cherry picking yeah the stuff i wanted to do so that was definitely a mistake that i made was cherry picking cherry picking my workouts, um, which then led to cherry picking exercises. Yeah. So if there was an exercise I didn't want to do, then I would just take that particular movement out. 
big time. Did you have you ever done that, or did you do that at all, or? I mean, I have. Yeah, (laughs) you're like actually last week. No, (laughs) I would say leading up to my ultra when I would go to the gym, I'd be like, "These are my favorite exercises." (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we all have our favorites, so we just don't want to do the big time, the non favorites, big time. Yeah. So what I would, um, what I would do differently now is I would follow a program as a whole. Mm -hmm. So instead of, cause even, even the t-shirt body program had lower body work in it, but I think I can't remember completely, but I'm, I'm pretty certain that it was probably a classic like push pull legs sort of split. So you're doing legs like just once a week at the most anyway. Um, but I would have, yeah, in, in hindsight, like if I were to redo that, then I would have chosen a program where I felt like I could be engaged for the entire program instead of kind of mm-hmm. pulling, cutting something from this one and cutting another from that one, like doing a cut and paste, like to try and craft my own, like Mr. Potato Head sort of program, you know? So <laughs> yeah, that's definitely something that I did that I would do different. So I think that would common. be one for me. What's that? I think that's common, especially with like people just picking things that like their favorite Instagram follow does and plopping into their program, you know? Yes. Yeah. Have I talked to you about, yeah, actually, you know what? I, I remember I had put that on the topic list as an idea a long time ago was, I think, yeah, it was like I mean, I know response. we talked about it. Yeah, replies when a workout or exercise is posted. Oh, yeah. oh this looks cool. I'm going to add it to my next workout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there there was um, a good solid period of time, and I can remember exactly, exactly when it was. There was a good solid period of time, and this was for like over a year, mm-hmm. where when I would get any sort of uh, you know comments or – um, a DM and, and things like that, it would be like, Hey, that was a great workout. I threw it into this particular program or whatnot. Um, or Hey, that movement that you did, I'm adding this to my next leg day or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And at first, I, and at the time I didn't realize that this was an ego driven response at first, oh. that would be like a, a, like a dopamine hit for me. It'd be like, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Like, that's cool. I'm having an impact. And then um, at some point I started to scope out and think to myself, well, what was your, hold on, like, what was your original plan that you were, that you were planning to do? And so that's what I, how I would start responding is I'd message the person back and I would say, Hey, I definitely appreciate that out of curiosity, because I'm always trying to learn about Mm -hmm. programming. How did you implement it into the plan that you were already doing? And more often than not, the response would end up being something like, uh, I basically don't have a plan. I go into the gym and I, you know, I just kind of do what I, I know I want to do upper. And then that's, that is, um, conversations like that or, or exchanges like that are part of what started to really tug at me with no longer like trying to keep everything, like do a different workout every single day or every single week for clients and things like that. Cause I'm like, I'm not steering people in the right direction here. Cause just cause it's fun doesn't mean it's actually effective. So yeah. yeah, it's a little bit of a tangent on that, but that just, that definitely just reminded me of that. And yeah, I think you're, I think you're spot on there that people definitely 
definitely do that. It's not that you cannot get results that way. It's just that those results, you know, doing that approach is likely going to prolong your, your time frame on reaching your, your specified or stated goals. So yeah. yeah. All right. What's, um, what's another one that you've got? I would say related to what you were just saying, I've definitely gone to the gym with zero plan and just like mm. winged it, which sometimes <laughs> is fine. But uh, if you have specific goals, <laughs> you should yeah. really go in with a plan. Yeah, I think it was like back when I used to work at the gym. So I'd be like on my lunch break and we walking around like, oh, what should I do today? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that I think that one probably happens more. Than, than yeah. people are willing, than people are willing to admit. Yeah, I, so yeah, I think so too. How and it goes with like getting stuck doing your favorite things because it's like, oh well, I want to work on upper body today, so I'm gonna do my favorite upper body exercises, or like whatever machines are open. Yeah, I think it from from the observations that I've had and then the feedback that I'll get from people who kind of fall into that category they tend to go with like the machine that's open. Yep. Or yeah, the machine that's open and or how the machines are laid out in the gym. Yeah. Like just going in that row because you would think, so here's something that I was thinking about. You would think that if someone is always defaulting to their favorite exercises, then they're actually repeating things. Right. Oh, that's true. But the, but that wasn't, the case necessarily or if yeah. they were if they were because because i've had somebody tell me that before where they're like you know i just know what i like what i like i like to do the you know i i know what i like so i just go in there and i just do that and then you know you take them at their word and then i create some sort of a program and the movements would repeat for like four weeks and they're like yeah mm -hmm. i'm just really tired of doing the same things i'm like that's interesting because you told me these are your favorite exercises yeah so <laughs> You know, they're like, oh, well, you know, I just met and like, oh, okay, I gotcha. Like, it's no, this isn't supposed to be like a gotcha sort of thing. Like a, you did something wrong. It was more yeah. of like a, if you tell me that I'm always doing these exercises and they're like, oh, well, I didn't mean it like that. Because in that case, we don't even need to have a conversation about like stick to the basics yeah. and, you know, that sort of thing. But yeah, with the gym layout thing, uh, I, I was surprised to... The, uh, the amount of people who've talked to me about sometimes like they'll just, you know, they're like, I know the, you know, the leg machines are over there. So I just kind of did them in the row mm -hmm. that they were in. So they would do like calf raise, hamstring curl, and then leg press. Mm -hmm. I just thought about like a gym that I go to that's kind of laid yeah. out like that. But so if you did it in the other order, then perhaps that would work out for you, you know, like their mm -hmm. compound movement of a leg press, then go hamst hamstring curl yeah. perhaps. But yeah, they were just like, yeah, whatever machine is open, and then if it's in a row, I would just do that. Well, to be so, fair, like yeah. Planet Fitness did set machines up to be a circuit. Was that okay? Now, is that just that little spot though? Like they I have that little so. room, not like the main floor though. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they, they set like, like thing specific with, like, machines timer. up to be like. Yes, I, I don't know yes. if they had numbers or not, but they, they are, there's like a direction you're supposed to go. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think, think that's time partially why people get that mindset. Mm. It's like the machines are laid out in a way I'm supposed to go. Now, uh, I've mentioned this before. I I had previously an acquaintance who that's what he did. Like he helped gyms lay things out 
in oh, a yeah. manner. Yeah. I mean, that's that was like yeah. a, a bona fide business for him. And he was very, very good at it, like really good at it. Because he was trying to help gym owners understand that that's what people were doing. Whereas yeah. the gym owners were just looking at it like, okay, we'll keep the leg stuff together, but how will it fit? Like yeah. just with architecture and layout. Mm-hmm. Okay. So basically going into the gym with no plan. So, I mean, the answer to this one will probably be fairly obvious. <laughs> what would you do differently now? Have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I can, uh, if you don't have anything else to add, <laughs> uh, I can, I've... go ahead. Go ahead. I have a thought, but it's not fully formulated. Because I feel like you don't always have to have a plan. I think it would be like asking myself, why am I here? Because if mm. I'm just here because I just want to like move some weights around, I don't really. Like I'm not looking to be stronger, grow my muscles, nothing specific like that. It's like I just want to go into the gym. I just want to do some stuff. Yeah. I might be fine not to have a plan, but me back then. Yeah. I was not a willy-nilly person, you know. <laughs> willy-nilly. That's like a classic uh... – <laughs> A classic phrase that I don't think gets used as often as it should. I use it all the time. Well, I mean, you're just like that, you know? Willy-nilly and dilly-dally. Okay. All right. Now we took it too far. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway. What was I going to say, though? Um, something about a plan. Yeah. Because I was I was going to throw something in there like to have a plan. Oh, okay. Yeah. So my my next mistake would actually be related to the kind of related to the the thing that you would do differently. So you were saying like, mm-hmm. hey, walk in with no plan. Then what I would do now is have a plan. So for me, I would, I would have, um, there's a time where I would have plans, but I didn't necessarily realize that those plans weren't actually aligned with all of the other things that I was doing, specifically my nutrition. Oh. So I would, um, I would try and follow some sort of a a workout plan that was really geared towards like a, so say like a power building program where -hmm. it would be a hybrid of powerlifting and like three to five rep maxes um, Mm -hmm. and then some accessory work. And then also I would be trying to eat in a deficit at the same time. So a mistake that I made was not aligning my training within my nutrition. That's a good one. Yeah. So um, although I I never dipped my toe or even like my toenail into the realm of super low calories, like that was never that was never yeah. going to be an issue for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like that sort of thing. Uh, really, uh, though, I did. You know, I tried, I went through some different phases, like prior to, I think it would have been 2000 and, oh shoot, when did I really get into it? I think, quite honestly, nutrition, I didn't really, really focus on nutrition until like 2017. And I started Mm -hmm. this whole thing in like 2010, 2011. So um, prior to that, though, I would try things like, you know, stick to three meals and two to three snacks, like that sort of a thing. As opposed to like I'd be up at night like just going ham on Papa John's pizza or something like that. So, um, so yeah, back to the mistake that I made would be not ensuring, not aligning my training with my nutrition. So the yeah, the example that definitely sticks out to me 
is uh, that power. I tried a power power building program, which was a fantastic program, but I just I, I remember thinking to myself like, man, I am just hungry all the time because I was doing the program mostly doing the program like as it was designed where it was like one week you were at you know like 60 percent then the next week you were going to 70 percent then 75 and then you know all these things so because it was all about like building up to like a testing week yeah for a heavy lift and so I'm doing all that stuff and then still trying to basically I was putting myself in a deficit from a calorie standpoint and then mm-hmm. trying to go like harden the paint in the gym and couldn't understand why I could not get my hunger under control. And I think I, I think at the time also I was telling myself, oh, this is what, this is what they mean when they talk about, you know, like, Hey, when you're, when you're trying to like lose weight or whatever, you're going to, you know, you're going to be hungry. Like this is mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Yeah. What I didn't realize is I was making my hunger worse because of my overexertion with the training yeah. program. So, yeah, what I would do differently now is it's too easy to just say align my training with my nutrition. I would um I would get an understanding of what nutritional requirements or what nutritional strategy is required to maximize a particular training program. Mm-hmm. So, if it's a training program that is geared towards performance, and hitting benchmarks and different things like that, then I would want to make sure that I'm eating enough to do that. So yeah, that's, that's the, that was definitely a mistake that I made. That's (laughs) a common one too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully this, this helps people potentially understand that we've done all of these things before. Yeah. We're not special. No, we've done a lot of things that are, not ideal. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you have, um, I just have a couple more. So do you have, uh, yeah. Any other? Yeah. <laughs> do I have any others? <laughs> You're like, how much, how much time you got? We need to set the clocks back again. <laughs> well, kind of going along with yours adjacently is never taking a rest day. Oh, I have that on mine. I did that for a too. long time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mostly in college. So then, why weren't you taking them? Oh, I thought if I took a day off, I'd like gain 50 pounds and lose all of my running fitness in one yeah. day, which in case anyone needs it to be said, that's not how it works. It's not how it works. It's not how any of this works. <laughs> no, especially when you're a D1 cross country runner running like 60 miles a week. Yeah. To be fair, um, I asked my coach if I was allowed to run on our rest day. And he said I could do two miles very easy. Okay. So I still don't think I should have been running on that day. And some days I definitely went above two. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. So so not taking a rest day. Mm-hmm. What, so then clearly the, the thing you would do differently is take the rest day. Yeah. What What were some of the things that, that helped you finally start taking rest days? Because this is a common one. We've both shared our background um, mm-hmm. and our experiences and our change in perspective on that. But what like, what actually got you to, just because you learned the, the science behind it, I, I don't know, for me, just because I learned the mm-hmm. science behind it didn't mean that I actually started doing it immediately. 
So what? No, I don't think I learned the science behind it for like a long time. Yeah. What contributed to you changing that then? I think I just turned into an adult, honestly, and I had less time. Ah, okay. <laughs> like I got busier. Like college, not, how do I say this? I didn't find college hard. Like going to class, doing homework was easy for me. And like, yeah, I had cross <laughs> country. So like I had experiences. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why I got kicked out. I never went. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I was good at school. So it was like college for me was a very – like, yes, it was stressful. Like some of my classes were really hard and like balancing sports with school. I should say I didn't really have much of a social life, so it made it a lot easier. And then I was like, on a Sunday, what else am I going to do besides homework and go running, you know? Yeah. Versus then I like – when I went to grad school, grad school was a lot harder and then I also had to work. And then obviously like going out into the real world and working, I was like, oh, now I'm working at least eight hours a day, five days a week. And this is a lot more tiring than college classes, like a couple hours a day. And then going off and doing my homework wherever, going to practice for two or three hours. So a question for you, did you, did you still try to do it all though? So the scenario that I picture is yeah, responsibilities start to pile up, right? Like real life responsibilities. You've got, maybe you end up having to stay later at work or go in earlier. Projects take a little bit longer. You, then you've got to do like the actual life stuff, like maybe clean your apartment and then you got to go shopping and then, you know, you've got errands to run, all those things. And though, were, did you go through any time period where you still were trying to not take a rest day? Where oh, it's yeah. just like, no, yeah. I'm still going to do it all. Yeah, there have been ebbs and flows, I would say. Yeah. But I think like once I went to grad school, I lived alone and versus like living in the dorms with all of my peers. Uh-huh. And just like, I feel like I cared a lot more about what people thought in college. And then that was partially wrapped up in like how I looked, which was wrapped up in not taking a rest day. So then I was like, I felt like since I was alone more, I was like, oh, this doesn't really matter as much. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause it, my, my thought on that was, um, cause I can relate to that. I can't relate to the like going to class thing though, like at all, <laughs> not in the least bit. Um, but my thought there is you can kind of go two different ways. Like you start to see that things are stacking up. Like you see that your calendar is filling up more and some folks will look at that as, okay, something's got to give. And then others will look at it as, okay, well, it's just a bigger challenge. So they don't, um, mm -hmm. one of the analogies that, um, that we'll use is you only have so many burners on the stove, right? Yeah. So you've got four burners on the stove. And usually when I'm working with folks that are like the, you know, type A, like do everything, like high achievers, you can tell them that there's four burners on the stove. And this is like a, a person I can really relate to. It's like there's four burners on the stove. So let's go to like the person who's not the type A. The type A, the the non-type A person is like, okay, I understand there are four burners on the stove. I cannot add another pot. I have to take something off in order, like that's the very logical thing, right? So I've got mm -hmm. this much going on. Okay. I probably need to take a rest day. The type A person, or if anybody who listens does like neurotyping, like the type 1A or the type 1B is somebody who's like, hmm, actually, I can stack the pots on top of each other. <laughs> and then 
they they will and they will stack the pots on top of each other and it doesn't matter if there's four burners they're still going to keep stacking and then something has to like fall over mm-hmm. in order for like something to give and for for me it was more i was more like the something finally had to give sort of thing mm. so yeah. that would be yeah so i would say the same um not taking a rest a day um uh, i didn't even program rest days in you know cuz i yeah mm-hmm. i just didn't i didn't even do that so for context when i first started out i was going to the gym by myself so i grabbed like men's men's health big book of exercises i'll never forget it cuz i still have yeah it's still on my bookshelf i still have the same book men's health big book of exercises grabbed my little workout journal that i bought from borders i believe oh um yep and um, went to Supplement Superstore and bought some protein. Nice. And um, yep, because I was going to be jacked. Yeah. And by the way, like, don't ever take two scoops of mass gainer. Not a good <laughs> idea. It's like a hundred grams of protein. The guy oh didn't tell me God. to do that. By the way, he told me That's not so to do much. that. Yeah, my my bowels were not okay. It's not good. It's not good. Yeah, I'm just going to keep it real. It was not a good idea. Um, so anyways, went to, you know, went to the gym and did my thing. And then even when I eventually hired a personal trainer, I would still go to the gym on the days that I wasn't going to see her or sometimes Mm -hmm. I would even double up. Dang. Like I would possibly, yeah. Like I would go work out with her in the morning and then I would go maybe lift in the afternoon or something like that. So for me where, um, where that shift had to happen is because I was like, I was not meeting my responsibilities at home, like just Mm -hmm. flat out. Like I was prioritizing that stuff. So I never, well, yeah, not, not that I remember never ran into a case of where I hurt myself. I hurt myself once. And that was from like not paying attention to how I was lifting up a barbell to unload it, to unrack it from a deadlift. Yeah. Or actually I remember I was actually picking it up to, to move it over specifically remember I was picking it up to move it over and I tweaked my back that's like the one time that I had injured myself like that during the early like the first few years Mm -hmm. so I didn't run into like you know I was burned out and crashing or anything like that and this is while working two jobs too but um what yeah what definitely did come into play though is like I was kind of lethargic sometimes where you know Ava would want to run around and do stuff because she was much younger at that point and mm-hmm. my energy just wasn't there but i had energy for the gym but i didn't have energy for when i was at home and that's that yeah that's where i was like okay well maybe maybe i should do this yeah. sort of thing and then kind of back to you did you was it a case where so once you start taking the rest days or you begrudgingly take a rest day you would notice that oh my gosh i didn't actually completely blow up overnight Uh, was it like a self-efficacy sort of thing like you you now had the evidence or how did that Mm. transition no now that i am thinking (laughs) about it some more a lot of the rest days it was from more responsibilities but more so i was getting injured uh okay (laughs) like a lot of my forced time off was from injuries interesting Um, okay i'm trying to think i don't ever I don't remember ever being like, oh, this thing I used to think about taking a rest day is not actually true. 
Mm. Okay. Yeah. So you and had to I, like really forcefully be arrested. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thought that came to my head was, and I've shared this on, I don't know if we talked about it on this podcast, but on my mm. podcast, the first time I ran an ultra and then two days later, I was like, I feel fine. I'm going to go climbing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't run I for remember two weeks. you talking about that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I remember you talking about hurt that. my back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't think I was as enlightened as I thought I was because that was 2017, which That's is fair. like three years post-grad school. So I had been an adult for a while. Yeah. That's so fair. I mean, I... become an adult that changed my mind about rest days. Hmm. Yeah. I think, I think there's definitely something to be said for like there's just certain personality types that it it will literally – Sometimes it'll take being sidelined to yeah. like finally to finally get the message. But that mm-hmm. yeah, I remember I even had I had like a hernia and I was yeah, so I very long story, like super short, I was carrying something the incorrect way mm-hmm. up a flight of stairs. Oh. And then, you know, about a day let's say like a day or two later, like a stomach my stomach hurt. And I felt like Mm -hmm. this lump in my stomach and I was like, man, this is just weird. And it just like wouldn't go away. Mm -hmm. So I went, I went to like an urgent care. And I remember the guy, I think he like laid me down. Yeah. I think he laid me down on the table and he was like kind of pushing, pushing, Mm -hmm. pushing. And he was like, he had me like count or take a deep breath. He had me do something. Then all of a sudden he like pushed it back in and I like screamed. And, (laughs) but, but then all of a sudden the pain was gone. It was gone. And he was like, so you have a hernia. It's like, I've, you know, whatever language he used, I can't remember at mm-hmm. this point. Cause this was like quite a few years ago. He's like, I either, you know, reset it or I did something or whatever. He's like, but that is not a permanent fix. He's like, you need to go get surgery. So I, he's like, I needed to get mesh or something like that. Oh. Um, yeah. So I still continued, you know, so I asked him like, Hey, do I need to, do I have to stop working out or what do I need to do? And he's like, Oh, you just need to avoid like specific, like specifically hitting like core exercises. Like I wouldn't do abs or whatnot. And I was like, I don't know if you can't tell, I don't do abs. (laughs) Uh, So I'm not worried about that. I had been working out at the time, but I was just, you know, I was more like upper body, lower body. I wasn't doing a ton of, ton of that stuff. But I remember even a few days leading up to the, the surgery, like I was still working out and all that stuff. And then I think I took two or three days off afterwards like two or three mm-hmm. days away from the gym and then i was right back to do an upper body right after that dang so i went like yeah i went like right back to it so i think uh yeah again i think i think for me it was more wrapped up in like that was my rhythm that's what i did you know that yeah. sort of a thing and as long as i had the energy for that then i was fine and if i noticed i was telling myself as well if i noticed that i don't have enough energy to train then I won't but I have mm-hmm. enough energy but what I was doing is I was like short changing the energy at home yeah to save energy for the gym like that's what was going on and that was yeah no no bueno do not recommend no at all <laughs> so yeah that's why that's like a that's a thing for me if I'm working with somebody and they're talking about, you know, like how much they're training and frequency and being really caught up on frequency. And I'm mm-hmm. all about it. like, there's some people who like frequency is like, that's what's helpful to them. And that's great. It's just, I try to keep an eye on like, oh, okay. So, you know, 
I know that your kids are fairly active. Have you guys been able to, you know, throw the ball in the backyard? Have you been able to, you know, kind of run around that sort of thing? They're like, yeah, not really. Like, I'm just feel like I'm so tired and like, but don't worry. Like my workouts are still going great. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. ah, let me talk to you about the, the energy swap. Yeah. I'm like, so, you know, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from and let's make a couple of adjustments so you can show up with a level of intensity at home too. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think that, do you have anything else on that one on the rest days? Mm, I think that's I a main, think so. I think that's such a major one. Oh yeah. So people. many people. Well, cause for a long time when social media first started, it was like the no rest days movement, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The take no days off. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. What did I, I jotted down not asking questions and I'm trying to remember what that was. <laughs> do you, uh, do you have another one that you, you want to pop in there before I try to recall what I was thinking? Yeah. So this one is specific to running far and it was my goal for this year, actually in training for my 50 miler was to get my, uh, during my run nutrition dialed and like kind of going back to what we said about going to the gym, like actually making a plan and sticking to it versus mm-hmm. previously when I trained for ultras, it was just like, I'm going to try to eat something every 45 minutes. And then after a certain, like usually around mile 20, it'd be like, well, I don't want to eat anything else now. <laughs> yeah. It's like you shouldn't do that. <laughs> You'll feel better if you continue fueling and the way that you continue feel fueling by practicing in your long run so i made a big effort this year to do every 30 minutes and like keep tracks of how many carbs per hour on average i was consuming and like how it made me feel and everything yeah that just from just from the things that you've shared i've come to learn more and more and more how integral like the excuse me the fueling strategy is yeah especially the longer you're out there yeah that's wild Mm -hmm. and the hydration strategy too yeah, I have not gotten that dialed down. Dialed in. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. You can say I'm still you kind want. of willy nilly, but. <laughs> as long as you don't dilly dally, you know? <laughs> yeah. That one feels, it just feels so much harder, but it's really not. What, hydration? Yeah. How so? Well, partially because, like in my 50, I used a bladder. Uh, because we had that really big section before the first aid station. So I wanted to be able to carry enough water. And like I would practice – I would in my long runs, I would usually use a bladder because I could just pretty much like take a bladder for three or four hours. But then after the run, I wouldn't look to see how much I actually drank. <laughs> uh, and I didn't keep track of like how much I had filled it in the first place. So it's like with the – Soft flasks, it's easier because they're each 500 milliliters. So it's like, oh, I had oh, okay. three soft flasks versus like bladders, like no man's land. But it's really not. I just didn't take the extra step to keep track of how much I was consuming. That's way too much thinking consuming. for me. Way too much thinking for me. That's what I'm saying. One yeah. step at a time. I dialed in the nutrition piece. Next step will be hydration. All right. Well, I, I have nothing to add on that. Yeah, I didn't think you would. <laughs> uh, I I remembered the not asking questions one was after uh, was related to after I hired my first personal trainer. A mistake oh. that I made 
Yeah, mistake that I made was not asking questions about why we were doing particular things. So that's a good one. Why? Yeah, why we um, why we were focusing on particular types of movements. I wasn't asking questions about why we were using a particular rep range or anything like that. And I can. I can confidently say knowing what I know now as someone who's knowledgeable, I, yeah, I'm a pretty knowledgeable guy. Mm -hmm. So somebody who's knowledgeable and who's been in this business, I don't, I can't really think of anything I was doing um, or that was being programmed for me that was wrong or mm -hmm. dangerous or anything like that. I think that I missed some major opportunities though to learn more about the why behind yeah. like a lot of the stuff that I was doing. Uh, because what, what I ended up doing is a decent amount of, there were like certain things that just became then part of my routine. So she would have me do these things. And then, you know, sometimes I'd see her like three times a week. And then sometimes it was like once a week and, you know, mm -hmm. just different things like that. And then as I started to become more and more confident, it would be more like once every two weeks and then the other stuff I would do on my own. But yeah. naturally, when you've worked with somebody for a while, you take pieces of that and you implement it into your own program. And then especially once you start getting into your own certifications and things like that, unless you specifically learn that something you've done before is like, no, don't do that anymore, you probably are carrying that same, some of those same things with you. Mm -hmm. as you learned when you were a client to then some pieces of that with coaching, I would have been even more uh, or even better equipped to be able to understand like the why behind certain things. So yeah, when I put um, not asking questions, a mistake that I made was just, yeah, simply not asking questions about why or the purpose behind something um, and stuff like that. And I think along with that too is a mistake that I made was sometimes waiting to share information about like if something felt uncomfortable or mm -hmm. if I was struggling with a particular particular thing, um, not necessarily movement wise because she would see me in person. So there wasn't, you know, you could tell if I was struggling. Yeah. It was usually the, usually the cardio stuff. Um, <laughs> But, you know, if there was something that maybe had me in a particular mood, um, stress was particularly high or anything like that, not sharing those sorts of things. So maybe not being inquisitive enough and then also not, um, not being transparent within, within reason here, mm, yeah. you know, within reason. Although like some other people, because sometimes we'd be like in a, it would be like a semi-private where it's like two or three other people. And some of the, it was usually ladies that I was working out with. Lord mm -hmm. mercy. You'd hear like everything. You'd hear all the tea before it was called tea. It wasn't called tea back then. <laughs> but man, I was like, Lord, I was like, I, I see why you want to come here and box like four times a week now. Totally makes sense. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's what, that's what I would say. So. Um, what I would do differently is respectfully ask for information on why, on how this program or how these particular movements are specifically benefiting me as an individual. Mm -hmm. 
And I have to give a shout out to one of my clients. If she listens to this, one of my clients who kind of shared this with me like a long time ago helped me kind of get better at that. Because one of the things that I do is sometimes like just because I have the thought in my head doesn't mean that it's actually been translated to, you know, the paper. Mm. So I'll have like 13 different things I've thought of and I'm like, okay, this is perfectly crafted and whatnot. And I remember one time she was like, I can tell that this is definitely written for me and only me. I just have no idea why. Hmm. And I was like, oh, (laughs) you you have a point. So (laughs) yeah. She's like, I can tell because this is addressing everything that I want to do. And, you know, she's like, it Mm -hmm. feels great and whatnot. She's just like, you know, it'd kind of be helpful if you every now and then you just kind of told me why, like how you came up with that. Not just like, well, you said you wanted to do this so that. And I was like, you know, you might have a point there. (laughs) So, yeah, you got to be open to feedback. So you got anything to add on that or any any others? My list is, is now exhausted you're you've exhausted all your mistakes all the ones that i jotted down you are not about to catch me (laughs) on that yeah the ones that Uh, i jotted down no i have nothing else to add to that another mistake that i've made is running my easy runs too fast oh snap you've talked we've all done it every runner has done it yeah yeah and especially i used to think that if I ran shorter, that meant I should run faster, like a shorter distance. Yeah. Like, so I'm only going two miles, so I should run this at this faster pace instead of my So for the, for the normies in the crowd, like myself, yeah. is, is, is running your easy run too fast just as, as base, is, is it as simply identified as you were supposed to run X pace and you decided to run Y pace? Mm, no, because it's not a specific pace. Okay. Like easy is a range, but... Okay. pace range then, data scientist. <laughs> I guess in the simplest turn, terms, yes. Yes, you do need to keep it simple for me. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. And it goes along with like not being able to realize what is actually easy, like what feels easy. I'm trying to formulate the thought as I speak. <laughs> okay. Because uh, this was pre-Strava, so it wasn't about like, oh, people are seeing my runs and how fast I'm running. Like in college, we all ran our easy runs too fast. But hmm. at least if we looked back, we'd probably be like, they're running too fast. But at the time, it didn't seem too fast. What strikes me there is now. maybe... <laughs> n- n- no, that's not, that's, not the, that's not the look... Well, that's not the intention of the look. I probably do look hella confused, but I'm, <laughs> I'm okay with that. I sense like a correlation with rest days, like not seeing the truly believing in the purpose mm. of rest days. Yeah. And also perhaps like not truly being bought into the purpose of having easy runs. Yeah. It's like the low, the low effort stuff is not seen as beneficial. No. But I also don't remember any like direction on our easy runs, you know, mm. from like our coach in college at least. And then like when you're running with a team, it's like I'm running with the girls. Yeah. So I'm going to run. I'm not going to run my pace if if it doesn't match their pace. 
Like I'm going to stay. It'd be really funny. It's really funny if like all everybody was thinking the same. Like, man, I really wish they would slow down. But since they're not slowing down, I got to keep going. Like everybody's thinking the same, the same thing. Yeah, which is also then related to the not asking questions. Yeah, it's (laughs) true. (laughs) Like, what's the purpose of this? Yeah, but then even Mm. when when Strava came out, and then it's like your run. Like, I got an actual Garmin that had gps because that wasn't a thing in college i could just i just knew my time (laughs) in college but then once you like knew all your paces and everything it was like you kind of not always but like sometimes i get caught up in like oh i gotta run faster than i did last week if i'm running the same route and that kind of thing and it's like that's not how you progress and then especially if you add speed on top this is the part that a lot of people don't realize you want to run your easy runs easy enough so that on your speed days, you can run hard enough. And then on race day, when that's really what we all care about when we're training, I mean, not all, I'm not going to simmer it down to that, but you're usually training for a race to run hard at a race. Right. If you're running hard on your easy runs, you're not going to be able to run as hard as you want on race day, which is really something I did not understand for a long time. Why do you think that's so hard to understand? Let me rewind. Why do you think that's so hard to put into action? Part of it's ego. Okay. Like, you just don't want to run slower because whether it's, like, people who see you running or, like, people on Strava that follow you, whatever that may be. I think it's also, like, kind of counterintuitive. I have a question, though. Yeah, what? Is it – so let's say it's supposed to be your easy run. Yeah. And you run it at your easy pace. Mm-hmm. What happens? Like, if if that's on Strava, so what? So what happens? I mean, people can judge you. How? I and mean, people can leave. Come, I don't. I don't really care <laughs> anymore. No, I'm, I'm 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 asking. <laughs> like, I'm playing this scenario out because there's somebody who's listening to this who is in that headspace right now. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, I'm truly asking because I haven't used Strava. However, I, I have a general assumption of how it goes. It's basically like Facebook for people who run. Pretty uh, much. I yeah. Probably it's shouldn't like, call it. Somebody just got butthurt over that. But it's, I mean, it's, it shows what you did and then people can comment, right? Yeah. And they can like it. Okay. It's or exactly they can like not, you know, whatever. Yeah. So they leave a comment. Like is somebody, is this, do you see comments like that? Mm-mm. No. Okay. I think it's like just purely for show when people won't slow down. If that, like, if their reason is the ego, it's just this, like, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it's like people who have a lot of followers. Oh, okay. You like the more eyes on you. Yeah. I find I guess it I... common around here near Boulder. Yeah. Which, which is. I'm assuming like directly correlated to what you talk about with like group runs and the intimidation mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I, I liken it to, well, you know, I'm not going to post this particular, you know, like I'll routinely post workouts inside my stories. Well, I'm not going to post this because I'm lifting, you know, today's a, an RPE five mm-hmm. to six day. So I'm not going to post that. Yeah. I don't I mean I now that I think about it, I I can definitely think of 
people that I've had that conversation with or who've made comments like, you know, I just, I, I would post this, but you know, I wasn't, it was like my lighter day or it was a deload mm -hmm. week or, or whatnot. And yeah, I don't know. I would, I would definitely, I'm definitely in the camp of if somebody is taking the time to reach out to make any sort of a judgmental or negative comment like that, that helps me identify like what seat in the, on the bus they should have, which is typically not one. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's like people Welcome to actually... stoicism in action. There you go. Right there. I don't think it's, I would suspect that it's people assuming that people are judging, not that yeah. it's like actually happening. Okay. I mean, not that it's not actually happening, not that they're like reaching out and being like, wow, you ran this pace today, <laughs> you know? So then, I don't know, like, then that sounds kind of like an excuse. excuse I mean, if not to run easy enough? Yeah. So there's no evidence, there, there's no, the, the person saying this or people saying this don't actually have consistent, consistent evidence. Every now and then you're going to have one like whack job who has no life and still like, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. But there's no consistent evidence that anyone is judging you or anyone of substance yeah. is judging you. That's a good distinction. And if you still continue to do the same thing, like not take your easy runs seriously, then you're just deciding not to, you're deciding not to do what you're supposed to be doing at well, the end I, of the day. I don't think that's ever the sole reason people don't run easy enough. I think it's usually either they don't believe that slowing down is going to do what they want for them and that they'll speed up on race day or... They've been running not easy for so long and they are still progressing that they haven't hit yeah. the plateau where they're like, why can't I get any better? Because it you will get better <laughs> to a certain point, especially yeah. like when you start running. But then at a certain point, it's like you're doing too much moderate intensity yeah. compared to low and high intensity. Yeah. And then I think that goes into the other one, like, oh, well, I've been doing this for so long. Slowing down must not be the answer because why would that work for me, you know? Yes, that totally, <laughs> yeah, that totally, that totally hits. This is like the same conversation that I will have with somebody about their lifting frequency. Yeah. They're like, well, I always lift six days a week. I'm like, yeah, but what if you didn't, didn't lift six days a week? What if what you happen? were more recovered? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'll be, hmm, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I like that. Mm -hmm. um, any other ones that you have? Not let's do, that I can think of. Let's do like one more if you have one. One more? Oh, do you, you have don't. one more? I do not. I Let do me not. see. I did two episodes last year on MFA are you, about are you training up Are you pulling up my Instagram feed um, to identify mistakes that I make? No. <laughs> I'm pulling up the list that I made <laughs> in the episode. Oh, I do have, I have <laughs> Actually, I do have one, one last one. What? Um, not consistently tracking my workouts. Oh. Not consistently. Yeah. So one of the first things that I did is I bought a workout journal. So I did have that. Mm -hmm. However, once I, I kind of got into a groove and got comfortable and then also remember that I was kind of piecing after a while, I started piecing like different programs together and things like that. 
So for a while, I got away from consistently tracking my workouts. So didn't know necessarily what I had lifted the last time. Um, I started off like pretty strong with my tracking and then just really didn't at all. So I was, not only was there a decent amount of guesswork that was involved, which to be straight up with you at that time, wasn't, I'm going to say it wasn't super detrimental. Like I could be lying to myself. I'm going to say it wasn't super detrimental because I was still very much in the newbie gains phase. Mm -hmm. So I was not someone who had lifted weights at all, like at all, at all. So I started in my early thirties. So I was somebody, yeah. So I was somebody who was, yeah, very untrained, like very, very untrained. So I had a lot of like, I had a lot of room to grow. Mm -hmm. So where it really came into play is in some cases, I was wasting a whole lot of time. I was wasting a ton of time because didn't know what I had done last time. So didn't know where to start, didn't know where to finish or anything like that. So what was supposed to be like four sets of something it would mm-hmm. either turn into like no warm up or <laughs> yeah, it'd be like no warm up. And I'm just like, okay, well, I guess I'll lift heavy for four sets, but then that really wasn't that heavy or was that heavy enough? Mm-hmm. So it was just, yeah, I wasted my workouts were anywhere near as efficient as they could have been had I actually been tracking. And then now in hindsight, it would be super cool to be able to look back on at this point, you know, now like somewhere in the realm of 11 to 12 years of consistent training Mm -hmm. would be so cool to have like all that stuff to go back and kind of check out the ebbs and flows, especially like for a while I did like Spartan races and stuff like that. So to Mm -hmm. be able to see what the lifting numbers looked like during that particular time frame, especially with going into a phase um, in the not too distant future of like concurrent training slash hybrid stuff like that. So yeah, not not consistently tracking my my workouts as I as I got more experience. I think I basically just kind of like took my foot off the pedal as far as mm-hmm. being consistent with tracking. So that's that's a mistake that I made that I would um, that I would and have changed now. So yeah, that's, that's what I would say. Yeah. Okay, I've got two more. Okay. They'll be quick. One right. is not warming up for runs. I don't think I need to say more about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like we've already talked about warm-ups <laughs> in a yes. couple places. And then the other one that I just thought of while you were speaking is when I was training specifically to increase my deadlift numbers. I mm-hmm. when I first started that, I did not rest for enough time in between sets. Ooh. Shortening, shortening your rest time or not resting enough between sets. Yeah, I just basically. like didn't know because I had a friend of a friend basically like wrote some deadlift structure for us to follow, uh-huh. like just for deadlifting. And I'm pretty sure he did tell us like rest for three minutes. And we are both like, I don't need three minutes. <laughs> and then I was like, why is it so hard to lift this weight? And he's like, because you're not resting. <laughs> like you can't, it's, this is interesting. Isn't, this isn't like a circuit kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Because three minutes really feels really one. long the first time you do it. Oh, hell yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, what do I do? <laughs> and it depends here? on the type of rest you're taking. 
So oh, if mine taking, was like sit on the bench and wait. Yeah, like if you're taking power lifter rest, mm-hmm. power lifters, there's like the joke, like they'll sit down and put down like a tablecloth and you know, <laughs> like all sorts of things. Like they'll yeah. rest, they'll they'll be chilling. Whereas if it's like gen pop rest, you know, you're walking around the gym, maybe I, I think it's a good time to get some steps in, that sort of a thing. But no, we don't mm-hmm. need to run sprints or jump rope in our during our rest periods. That's yeah. a good that's a really good one. Yeah, Mistake that one was not taking not resting between took me sets. a while to learn. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good one. Mm-hmm. I can see now. So now I like sometimes now I, I think I'm resting too much. <laughs> I definitely rest too much sometimes now. I'll have four four movements. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll look up and it's been like five minutes in between <laughs> between sets. I'm like, bro, you you've got to get back to it. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh either walking around uh, I try to create a small habit on certain days. It's only like certain days where I'll use that to like start making my like task list. If it's mm. going to be a programming day, like kind of organizing, okay, what am I going to do and what priority? So like utilizing it for like some planning time, stuff yeah. like that, that, that on occasion though has backfired on me That's to where funny. I start going down the rabbit hole and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I really try not to touch social media for quite a while in the morning or if I do, it's like very, very purposeful, not like scrolling, but yeah. Anyways. Yeah. The, that rest one, that one, that one hits home rest in between sets. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're working on strength. Yeah. Big time. It's a very good point. The something else that I just thought about when you were talking about the rest, the rest periods, there's, there are plenty of studies that are out there that that have identified that women don't need the same amount of rest as men oh. in between sets in order to I don't want to I don't want to over over exaggerate the studies. I believe that they typically were. I, I think the studies have been done on both strength and hypertrophy. Okay, that it's been proven that women do not need as much rest in between sets. doesn't mean that they don't need any rest, if any of my clients are listening, but don't don't need as much rest and also can handle more volume. Oh, you did bring that up. Was it last recording? Or I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, maybe, maybe I have. Yeah, or like you and I have talked about it before because I still, yeah, yes, we have talked about this because my mm-hmm. – my whole issue with this is the whole like, oh right, because it like was, it was something like where it like wasn't fail. super heavy or something, right? Right. Yeah. Like obviously, you can do more volume if it's like fifty percent of yeah. the max. Yeah, it's this. Yeah, I can't. I there was a there was a particular study. Yeah, yeah. That that I read through and it identified this whole point of women being able to recover quicker than men that's what it was like women Mm -hmm. can recover quicker than men and then there was something that i found as i was trying to read through the study and i have a pretty basic level of understanding of how to read a study but as i was reading through the study i was looking for the intensity numbers Mm -hmm. and essentially like they weren't lifting within let's say like one to two reps or, or maybe even one to three reps till failure it was yeah so i was like well yeah if I if I 
if you if you don't have that group lift super heavy, then yes, they're going to be recovered. And yes, they can do more reps. So yeah, it's just that, yeah, sometimes that stuff, it just kind of frustrates me because you can take the same information and then sometimes I feel like you can just kind of like change the narrative on it to fit whatever you want to do at the end of the day though like i'm i'm willing to to totally like co-sign that women potentially can recover faster um given particular conditions and management of other things outside of the gym mm -hmm. and all of these other things that maybe don't need as much rest at the end of the day i think it all comes down to individual situations and things like that so that's yeah. That's that's where I just sit on that. Okay. All right. Well, um, I think that was a good topic. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the folks found that to be helpful. So let's uh, let's start wrapping it up. We are hitting <laughs> JK's bedtime. Yeah, we're almost at two hours. <laughs> yeah, we're hitting bedtime. <laughs> anything that you've you've got coming up, or anything that you want to want to share? Not really. Okay. All right. Same. So this is gonna be yeah, same. So this is gonna be uh pretty pretty exciting. It's like uh, the slow time of year, you know. Yeah, let's um we'll we'll chat about that next time. The um this is the like, grind time. In terms of the podcast for me. I feel like things are slowing down. Podcast wise? Mm-hmm. How so? I don't know. I still like don't have that many guests planned. Oh, oh, I gotcha. Okay. It's like, it feels like, well, this is the time of year I usually take a couple weeks off for the holidays and don't oh, release do episodes. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I just, for me, the, the scheduling is just wild. I like try, schedule, scheduling to try to like nail down, like, yes, I for sure will be available at that time. Just like, I, yeah. cause I, I really dislike canceling. I despise it. So then the, the answer is non-commitment because that's, that's super helpful, you know, doesn't really bode too well for a podcast, but no, yeah. Well, so that's why we chose a time that works most of the time. This is true. We're just going for the consistency as best as we can. All right. Well, with that, um, you want to take us out, let them, let the, let the people know where to get a hold of us if they have, uh, ideas or feedback and such. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram at lifting running living pod or you can email us at lifting running living pod at gmail.com. Cool. All right, that will wrap up this week's episode. Thanks again for tuning in. Much appreciated. And if you could please be so kind as to take a moment, leave a rating and or a review on your favorite podcast platform and your least favorite podcast platform, because why not do it on two? We would appreciate it. For so, some of them. Okay. Okay, so I've tried to leave a rating on Spotify oh. before, but yeah. which, this is a good thing. Spotify won't let me because I haven't listened on Spotify. Oh, well, so like, yeah, that makes sense. I know, but you just said, if I have a least favorite platform, which for me is Spotify for a podcast, I can't leave well, a only review have to unless listen I listen to it. To my knowledge, I think on Spotify, um, you only have to listen for at least one minute. That can't be true. Okay. I, <laughs> I feel like I've listened for at least a minute and then still said no. <laughs> okay. I will always I, I will always leave myself plenty of room to be wrong. I could be wrong too. And that's I why know. I use statements like I feel, I believe. So <laughs> there you fair. go. 
Anyway, yeah. leave a review rating wherever you listen. Where yeah, applicable. only only on your favorite podcast platform that you've listened to for at least 70 seconds. And with that, <laughs> thanks so much. Take care, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>